0: You know, and, <laughs> and when I start, it's all up with. <laughs>
1: that's
0: what happens to me. <laughs> I love to laugh. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can't help it. You can see that. <laughs> I just like laughing. That's all. I...
2: <laughs> Jane, don't you
0: dare. You'll only make him worse. It's really quite serious.
3: Yes, whatever you do,
0: keep a straight face. Last time it took us three days to get him down. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to another locked down edition of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania? Doesn't sound as good without Fran. She's not here this week, but she'll be back next time for our 100th episode, which you can hear on a Wednesday at 11 a.m right here on W R I R L 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. We've got a fun show today, and I hope that it lifts your spirits a little bit in this bizarro world that we're currently living in.
1: I would like to welcome our two very special guests today. All of our guests are very special, but this is actually really cool because it's a little different for us. Hopefully Fran will show up at some point during the Zoom meeting, but if she doesn't, it's cool. We're still going to chat, ladies. We're really excited to have you. Please go ahead and introduce yourselves. We'll start, ended up on Francesca. Okay, so we'll start with you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So so what I'd like you to do is tell us about yourself who you are but what you do for your day job too because you guys both have very interesting day jobs outside of entertaining <laughs> all time. <over. laughs>
3: so my name is francesca lynn um so i am my day job is i teach at vcu i'm a professor over in the women and gender studies department that's so, pretty rad yeah and i've done stand-up now locally for a couple of years and Amber. Hello, uh,
2: my name is Amber Hendricks. For my day job, I work uh, in, in clinical research at the Massey Cancer Center, which is part of VCU. So I'm over on the, the MCV campus for that, usually, working from home mostly these days. Uh, and I've been doing improv comedy since, I guess, 2014. So yeah, I do a, yeah. a little stand-up, but mostly improv.
1: Cool. Well, thanks ladies for entertaining all of us all this time. And now we're all stuck at home for the most part. How does that, how's that changed
3: your lives? Uh, in every way possible, my entire (laughs) life is different. Um, So I went from teaching full time, I typically teach four classes, um, all in person, Um, I teach three classes that are like the intro to gender studies classes, and then one upper level course. And so all of that had to be shifted online. And then of course, there's not um, in person stand up comedy shows going on right now. Like no one's no one's doing that and even before we kind of had the stay-at-home order things were being kind of canceled or like kind of rescheduled and and postponed i actually got into my first uh, comedy festival this year and that has been canceled so (laughs) yeah which like it's good that it was canceled because i mean we couldn't have done it anyways but um but that was um charm city comedy festival in baltimore and it was just like well <laughs> we're not we can't really do that um and so it's yeah so everything is different
2: <laughs> i was uh i i run i have been running co-running a, a house show at my house with uh my friend Uh, stand-up Winston Hodges and Francesca's done the show yeah but we were gonna do it we were really excited we were doing it monthly Um, we made it through we did a January show February show the March show is scheduled for March 13th Um, my brother and his family are in Brooklyn so like he was you know getting increasingly worried and that week I was just like I don't know if I should have a house show like this like am I overreacting and you know it's just like things were were sort of still going on there were open mics that week and uh we eventually decided to to call it but um I remember like we rescheduled for about a month later and thought like, we'll we'll just do this show in April. Right. Uh, and of course, like that, didn't happen, but I forgot to take the event down. So there were some, some jokes about, (laughs) um, the, the improv theater that I, uh, do stuff at is coalition. And, um, they were pretty good. There was some, some like frank discussion with everybody on our our theater Slack. Um, and I was just like, yeah, let's, let's cancel shows for a few days. And then I was just like, shows, shows just aren't going to happen, right? So, um, for what? Hello! Hi, Fran!
1: This is the part where Fran calls in, and she sounds like a whole-ass robot. And she's running around delivering flowers for Mother's Day, and there's just no way she can make this episode. But we love her, and we miss her and we'll hear her on our 100th. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> she has, she's been like, I'm pulling up in the house, you know, <laughs> while we've got, like, um, the mayor of Hopewell on the line. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> but and Justin, uh, I love Hopewell.
3: <laughs> I do love Hopewell. Do I so sincerely love Hopewell. Like, I, don't under, like, I'm like, why don't we, I was just saying, like, why don't we, before all this happens, I was like, why don't we go there more often? It's not that far. (laughs) It's (laughs) not. It's so, it's so cute.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so yeah. the downtown is
3: really, really nice. I like the big H. Like, I don't know. I'm, I I think I have like a Borog because I wasn't from, like, I'm from like the suburbs and, of Florida. There's not like small towns like that there. So every time I see them, I'm like, this is like a real small town. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, it is a small town, Francesca. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. They're experiencing, or they were before all of this, quite a renaissance. Uh, new businesses, uh, especially like in the food scene and arts and things like that. I actually went there last summer with uh, Wyatt Gordon. He was doing Mondays, um, where he would do, uh, you know, a, a LGBTQ themed movie every Monday in a different location or at the Bird Theater. And we went to Hopewell and the mayor of Hopewell showed up to announce. And afterwards he was like, you should really have her on her show. So we had actually been planning, and it was for a couple of weekends ago. It was supposed to be Fran and I and her son were going to go with uh, Wyatt and some friends to meet up with the mayor of Hopewell, Jasmine Gore, and some of the business owners and have a brunch and do like a show on Hopewell and how awesome it is. And then...
0: Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus!
1: But we still wanted to talk to Jasmine because she's incredible. If you ever get a chance to meet her, she's... Just unreal. She's got a biology degree, so <laughs> she actually knows what's going on with yeah. all of this, and so uh, she definitely starts off on a, a better foot than some other. <laughs> Can you hush? That's so rude. <laughs> rude children. But yeah, we were really stoked about Hopewell, so we <laughs>
2: we did a show about Hopewell. They have a delicious mead in Hopewell.
3: <laughs> yes, I you feel- have to go. Yeah, you have to go to the place is called what Haley's Meadery, Haley- right? Haley- that Haley- place Haley- is yeah. great. There's, um, there's a monthly comedy show there being done by another, um, by another female showrunner, Sarah Pip Rose, and she is awesome, and she does a sh- a monthly show there, showcase show there. Yeah, it is great.
2: Yeah, hopefully back at some point. hmm
1: Yeah, uh, how are you guys doing without your outlet? Do you feel pressure to be funny or find something funny about uh, what you're going through right now? What we're all going through?
2: Well, I think we both, we both have podcasts, which is cool. But, um, for, for, for my thing, the podcast I have, uh, again, with my friend, Winston, um, our dads are dead. Shout it out. (laughs) The the dead dad comedy pod. Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is uh, hosted by Anchor and you can get it on on whatever preferred podcast platform. Um, We're on Instagram too. Uh, At Dead Dead Comedy Pod. So we've been doing that for, we started doing that, I think in January and um, the house show came out of that as well. And so that is really about like comedy as like a a filter for, for grief. And it's something like, I guess naturally we both you know, make a lot of jokes, and I never talked about my, my dad's own death in my comedy, but um, Winston has, and, you know, we found out our dads died of the same thing, so it's just kind of this this natural fit, like, we're gonna we're going to talk about this and we're going to be really honest about this, Um, but we're also going to laugh a lot because, you know, it's not forced or anything. It's just kind of how we deal with things. So that's been really nice to have that still going on. We are recording like once a week to release episodes on Saturdays. And we did a few weeks ago, we were like, you know, we, everybody's talking about the, the, the grief, that's this like active grief that's going on with coronavirus and it felt like if we didn't address that we'd just be ignoring this big thing (laughs) and of course there are people using you know comedy as a vehicle to to discuss so we did an episode just kind of focused on that and had listener submissions and i know you submitted melissa which was awesome and we actually we got so many that we we weren't able to like do them all in one episode that's awesome Yeah, it is. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We were really impressed. So we've been um, putting them up top of like our most recent episodes and, you know, taking a few minutes to talk about them and then going into our uh, like regular episode that's been planned. But that was huge. And it was nice to already have this thing going where we were talking about grief and, and just trying to be very open about how we were processing the stress of loss and of course we could have never anticipated what ended up happening but that that has been a nice avenue a nice like thing that is still able to go on um, and an outlet for sure so I'm really grateful for that to have had that like already up and running because I, I don't think it would have been something I would have wanted to undertake like, you know, just as a reaction to everything that's going on right now. It might have seemed too much. But yeah, just that like that those little things that are still able to be routine, like to, to retain some normalcy has been so important. So that's been awesome.
3: Yeah, I think um I don't know if I feel any pressure to like be funny or anything like that. I mean it's It's just me and my my partner around and like (laughs) he has long since like not found me amusing from like we've been together (laughs) for years like so like there's no pressure there like he's (laughs) over my antics now but as far as like comedy stuff Amber mentioned that we both have podcasts. My like really good friend Tom Hall and I have been doing a podcast for a while now called You're Making Me Hungry where we interview people that are about food we talk about people who make food we talk about people who work in the service industry that kind of thing um but we've kind of actually fallen off of recording we want to get back into it but an interesting thing happened where um tom is a chef and so his business because they switched to all takeout and stuff and they're kind of running on a more limited staff he actually got busier as all this happened and so things have really rapidly changed for him and then my job also got very, very busy towards the end of things these last few weeks because I kind of had to shift a lot of things around school-wise and like kind of just for my students. So I'd like to get back into doing that more regularly. But yeah, there's really kind of nothing that can replace a re- live audience. So I'm trying maybe not to get too caught up in doing like a bajillion Zoom comedy shows and that kind of thing because it's it's just a different thing that I think will take some time for us to figure out yeah I
2: agree with that I, I definitely miss like improv but that is unlike stand-up where like maybe you could have like one person up and like have some people distance like I'm, I'm talking months from now but improv you know is so interactive and you're on a team and like you're <laughs> you're never like spitting at each other accidentally <laughs> know so, like I I just I don't know when that's possible again even if you're talking about like changing the capacity of theaters and all of that but um that is definitely I've missed that a lot I've missed I've missed that community you know we like to make fun of it because Im- improvisers can be like very earnest and um <laughs> they're like very very friendly and loving and accepting and like you know, that is something we like to poke fun at, but it, it is also really, really nice. And so being distanced from those folks has definitely been tough. I mean, we're we're definitely keeping up with each other via you know whatever social media and that kind of thing and trying to talk on the phone. And that's been nice, but it, it's it is different when you're doing like you have a few nights a week that you're doing shows and then that's just, you know, that's not there anymore. It's it's an absence that you feel for sure. Let's bring it back some and
1: talk about what you were doing before all of this shut down, and hopefully you'll be doing again whenever it is that we can finally get back together. Because it even feels like in the fall it's going to be too soon. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> don't want anybody near me yeah, until maybe twenty twenty one. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But let's talk about how you both got into comedy, stand-up, and improv, because both of those things, and I have to say that the Coalition Theater actually helped me get over my stage fright.
3: Um, oh, oh, that's interesting.
1: Because I used to, like, legit throw up in front of everyone.
2: Um, <laughs> that definitely sounds contagious, so you know.
1: Yeah, it was real gross. Um, but... <laughs> How did you guys uh, get into that, especially since your careers, you know, aren't... (laughs) you know a barrel of chuckles
3: (laughs) (laughs) I started um through actually doing improv so I took improv classes at coalition first and then they offered a stand-up class I love improv I like I love watching improv um it's fun for me to do I'm not as a lot of people are in um coalition are very gifted improvisers I am not that I um (laughs) like the fun aspect of it but like I have no interest in maybe like doing it again trying to do it again like on a a, on a level I really (laughs) wanted to do like for real but I really wanted to do stand-up and so I I ended up taking a class on it and then kind of more doing it you know going to open mics and stuff but I took a class on it I did a little bit of stand-up and then I kind of stopped but then I started doing it um, more consistently like maybe a year or two after that Um, I cannot remember when so that's kind of how I got into it
2: so I started doing improv I started taking classes uh 2014 i had been up in new york visiting i lived in new york for a little while i never did improv while i was there but i'd go to like upright citizens brigade and liked watching the shows but like never it, it looked like you know a nightmare to actually get up in front of people and, and not know what you were gonna do but uh i went up to new york visited a friend and he was doing classes at the magnet theater in new york And he was like, you know, I think you would really enjoy this. So when I got back to Richmond, I looked up coalition classes and it just coincidentally or serendipitously, I guess, um, there were they were doing like their free view that next week where you can basically go and it's like an hour and you can kind of get a sense of what an improv 101 class would be like. And I did that. I loved it. I signed up for the first session of classes and then just like a lot of people really liked it and stuck with it and started performing more. But yeah, for me, it was definitely one of those things like first day in classes, I mean... I remember like driving to my first class show because that's at the end of that like eight week class. That's, that's one of the things you do. You get to like get on stage and um, it's such a nice receptive audience, but I remember driving to it and thinking like, well, if I got into like a really minor car accident and no one got hurt, like, this. <laughs> <laughs> like, would that could that happen? So like, I definitely uh, had to overcome stage fright. And um, then it just got to be like, it got to be something I really look forward to. And like you said, like, my job is is not super funny. So um, <laughs> sometimes it is. But, uh, but yeah, it became this thing where it was like, that that is a creative outlet. And I get to now interact with all these people I think are super funny, super smart, you know, not just do improv, work on like writing for sketch and things like that and collaborate with people I really look up to. So, and then I guess, I guess it was maybe like 20, 2017, I started um, doing Hearst Girls, which is a, a, a three-person improv team that Shamanique Ellison put together and it's with Kirsten Hoffman and Casey Neely and myself. And yeah, we started doing a showcase from there and that's been a monthly thing for a while so it's been awesome francesca's been on the show a few times
3: yeah that's a really cool show that show is awesome because it's improv and stand-up so they always they do like kind of a amber will correct me but it's a mono scene in imp- right right Perfect, <laughs> it's a, yeah. they do a mono scene but they they open it with um local lady and non-binary stand-ups um around and it's like it's a really cool show super fun I was going to ask, how does
1: gender really play into your comedy? What do you draw off of?
3: I think that's always, like, such an interesting question because, like, I don't know what it's not like to be a woman. So, like, I don't know what I'm, like, you know what I mean? Like, I I wonder sometimes, like, the, same, the question is not never posed, like, to, like, other genders, you know what I mean? Like, I can't help, like, I'm coming... With my whole... I try to come with my whole self to doing comedy stuff. So, of course, it's going to be, like, reflective of gender in a certain... From my perspective. But I don't know if I'm, like, really conscious when I'm writing, like, well, I'm going to write about what I consider to be women's issues. Because, right? Because really, every issue is then gonna be filtered through like my gender. So I think that's like a a major thing. But as far as shying away from maybe topics that are maybe more like woman-centric, that's definitely not something that I'm interested in. Like sometimes there'll be stuff that I'm like working out that are references that I know or maybe things that women will get and maybe, maybe other genders won't get. And I really, like, I'm just going to double down on that sometimes. (laughs) Like, I'm going to do a joke. Like, I'm going to do a joke that maybe, like, you know, all the women that watch Real Housewives are going to get that joke. And every man is going to be like, what is she trying? Like, I'm going to just keep trying. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to keep trying it and seeing if there's a way that I can make it funnier.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, we live in this world, too, though, where you hear... A lot of male comics say, "Well, women just aren't funny." Mm.
2: Yeah, I'm glad I don't know any of those people. Yeah, thank God.
3: I have to say that I haven't really heard anyone on, like, say a local level. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like saying making a blanket statement like that at this point. I know that's a thing that people say is said, and I'm sure there are things like that. But and I'm oh, and I have you know, family members we are who are not. Said it. Yeah. <laughs> But, as far as people that are out there doing mics and stuff, I don't think that that's a like a like a a thing in the like environment as much anymore. I'm sure there there are definitely elements of sexism that goes on like all that stuff is real, but like as far as as that, not really like that's not been my experience within like the Richmond scene, for example,
2: yeah, I would agree with that like I think um for improv, like it is very. It has a reputation of being like really like white male dominated, and that that's certainly true. And I know like with doing with doing Hearst Girls, even our our name was kind of like a joke on how like when you do improv and you're not male sometimes you're made you're made to be a character that's like a mom or the the girlfriend or the teacher whatever like and that's totally fine of course all those things are great but um there is a tendency to kind of get pigeonholed like that so I think one of the things about being on a team with two other women that was really nice is like we didn't put limitations on each other like we would play anything, do anything. I mean, we're, we're frequently, like, you know, just terrible children who are sort of <laughs> similar to our real selves, but <laughs> maybe a little more extreme. And then, like, you know, the, our name, Hearst Girls, came out of, like, a practice session really early on where we were, one of us was, like, William Randolph Hearst and the other was, like, a typist or something, like... <laughs> very like exaggerated like vaudevillian scene and we're like yeah let's just we'll be the hearse girls like it's kind of like this nod to like you know we're we're always getting like typecast and scenes and we're gonna be on this team where we don't do that anymore right like we're not gonna do that we just totally respect each other and we know that we can do anything so but I, I'll say like yeah my experience has been like super supportive it's a really cool scene i don't do stand up that much but i the people i know who do it like it's it's a a pretty inclusive scene where it's just like if you're gonna show up and do the work you know like you're gonna get respect
1: see this illustrates for me the difference between comedy in richmond proper and then going out to the county to the place that i'm gonna bleep when i say because i don't want to give them any publicity but you know i have (laughs) I have yeah, I've been there a few times for an open mic and it is ninety-nine percent male and incredibly sexist, alarmingly racist <laughs> and classist. And then when I go to a comedy show at the coalition theater, it's nothing like that at all. That's why I asked, like, have you ever, you know, experienced that sort of atmosphere? And luckily it seems like you haven't, and that bodes well for I'd say comedy in in Richmond so
3: well I wouldn't even say that I, I think that there is because I, I definitely think there's there's comedy like there's there's great comedy everywhere like the people um put put on good shows in small in small places like Hopewell for example Yay, um, Hopewell. but yeah but also I think there's a difference between maybe the content of someone's jokes and like how we are maybe treated so I wouldn't say that like everyone's everyone's jokes aren't necessarily there could be someone who's having doing jokes that are sexist but ha- have they been rude to me or like tried to get me like not on a show or that kind of thing no not really like and so i think that there's a difference between that so so we have a lot uh
1: politically going on in this world but locally we have a lot going on do you guys pay attention to that and filter it into your comedic work at all
3: I pay attention um about as far as Amber sends me things through Twitter DMs <laughs> that I need to pay attention to and then I read it and I go yeah okay because um, sometimes honestly it's a lot to keep up with I think no joke it's impossible for um again for me not to filter <laughs> everything that I do through the personal is political like I can't like I can't just because this is how I exist in the world. But as far as like am I up there like making specific jokes about, I don't know, like mayor like LeVar Stoney or something? No, probably not. Like I just yeah, that's not really like stuff that really like fuels like my ideas of, of jokes. I love it when people are that topical like that, but a lot of things that I I want to write about tend to be more like maybe more personal on an individual basis. Yeah, so that's I think that's a skill that I would love to develop one one day. Like I love it when people can write those like amazing like there are people that write amazing sketches over at Coalition or do things that are maybe more even like a nightlight like a. Like a night show like jokes and those kind of topical things I'm, I'm just like I would be lost at kind of trying to do that
2: um I will say yeah I think sometimes that stuff does it definitely does come out in my comedy i i try to keep up with what's going on like francesca said it's it can be really hard and there there are times where you're just like um you know you can't hit like a saturation point for a little while but i i typically will like take a little break and then get back to it i mean yeah the personal is political and it's 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 tough for me sometimes because i i have like certain politics and then you know i i want to I also realize that like sometimes you know political jokes don't go over super well, so <laughs> it, it really depends i think it's I think it's a hard thing that you know you can you can um some people can do really well and i I find it impossible not to like mention some things if i'm if I'm writing like it's just it's gonna come out it's like what I'm worried about day to day what I'm thinking about, and yeah, i mean i'm really is there is there a joke to be made from? LeVar Stoney calling Richmond a city of compassion? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> have I made it yet? No, but <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people who are thinking about it. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, it's just, it's really hard, I think, living living in Richmond and, and being aware of, of things that have happened and, and the history and all of that. I mean, yeah, I think that sometimes comes out, for sure. I just I want to present things in a way, too, that maybe, you know, people, people think about them and they don't just discount them because maybe they disagree with me politically, but
3: I don't know if I've ever been <laughs>
2: successful with that.
3: <laughs> now all I'm thinking about is that, because I remember seeing that City of Compassion thing, now, look, all I'm thinking about is, like, the little video and picture of him being, like, was, really, was the quarantine beard necessary? Like, what? You <laughs> 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 you made a Lamar Tony Jones I just I just <laughs> did but see like that's so shallow like what a like it's a little try hard right it's a little yeah. like oh I'm trying to be one of the people with y'all it's like no you're not you're I know exa- I have your number I went to school with guys like guys like <laughs> you you're the overachieving like very very established like black guy who is the best I can say this also because I know people are going to hear this and be like why is she saying that I'm also black I'm just like a <laughs> lazy person he is not he's like that guy that's already up at 5 30 in the morning he's already done the workout he's already started the quarantine beard is just a farce to make and be like i'm like you guys it's like no you're not you're another breed and i'm one of the people i'm with no you're not (laughs) stony so
1: when we when we interviewed him for like the covid episode (laughs) um, He showed up on zoom in like a blazer and a crisp white shirt and everything (laughs) and Fran Fran took him to town on that. Like, like immediately
3: was like, sir, sir, (laughs) what are you wearing? like you yeah and i mean maybe that's good because like i know i could not organize anything or do this kind of things that he did does you know what i mean i just know that's another kind of kind of person and i am not well that. bless <laughs> him for staying put together during this yeah, time because, i know because the, yeah, yeah. things are things are not going well here
0: you are listening to rva Dirt's municipal mania every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond Socially Distanced Radio.
2: This is where I do get on a soapbox and I'm like, we've got the second highest eviction rating like in the country, right? Like, yeah. And now people, so many people are scared and Rightly so, because they, in the in the middle of all of this that's happening, they don't even have necessarily housing security, and so it's like to come out and say we're a city of compassion. And I know previously he asked for like landlords to be compassionate, like that is just nothing. That's nothing, and and that's infuriating to me. So Joe, let's like yeah, let's make fun of uh, him wearing a blazer. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah. And I mean, we can, that's like a comedy thing though. We can do that though, because not only is he successful, he's like an objectively, I'm sorry, like he's an objectively like handsome, young, successful man. It's not like we're making fun of like, you know, someone who is not conventionally attractive. Like he's like, yeah, he's like the guy, oh my God. He's like too perfect. Like, right. So that's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But even, even that, like, I think you, I, also I punched beautiful. I punch in all directions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, people are dying. so
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> also, like, also like, you know, we don't, he doesn't have to worry about, like, where he's going to live. <laughs> no,
1: You're not here. at all. No. <laughs> I mean, Solidarity
2: actually, snap to that.
1: <laughs> honestly, like, you know, me with the radio station, you guys, um, and comedy, everybody comes from a multitude of different backgrounds. And so you are obviously going into, well, not run into people these days, but you're going to know people that don't have a job right now, that are in the service oh, yeah. industry, that are that are seriously struggling. And for me, I feel like in some way, I need to check on them. I need to uplift them in some way, shape, or form, provide them with some sort of solace. Do you find yourselves like reaching out to folks just to check on them these days and make sure that those people that you know through stand up or coalition you know are making it through
3: Oh, yeah. I feel like um, both because of, you know, just doing any sort of performing uh, locally. A lot of our friends, I think I can speak for Amber, too. A lot of our friends work in service industry jobs. And that was like one of the first things to kind of be like decimated by what is going on right now. So I know to that effect, it's very concerning. And of course, these are people that already like most people that I know in service industries, like don't might not have any health insurance or you don't have like those kind of cushions that maybe uh, someone in an office job that was able to, I'm very fortunate even though my job is not an office job I was able to, you know Telework, and I could do this from home pretty easily. Like they were like, yeah, you can take your computer from your office. All of that stuff was made as easy as possible. I worked for a great department too, so yeah, that's a concern that we have all had. Like our friends that are, yeah, that we're like, what, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, are you able to get your unemployment? Is that an option for you? What's going on? Like, I know that I specifically was concerned about my my job is a nine month appointment. Usually I'm able to have like a tutoring job or a summer program job lined up. Um, And I did have one lined up that like the program's not happening this summer because of that. So it's like, what the heck am I going to do? But that seems very small compared to someone who isn't able, I know I can pay my rent for example that seems very small for someone that's like I have no idea how I'm going to pay my rent next month like at all like so that is a huge concern for I think all of us
2: yeah like Francesca said I mean a, a lot of our friends are, are service industry or gig economy and a lot of them did look for some income from their comedy which is not something I I do or perform enough to do um or in demand enough to do but um so they've been you know, severely affected by this. And I think wanting to check in on people, I mean that that has been a big part of the last few weeks for me. Like I I have a group of people I send like memes to on Instagram. (laughs) So I have friends who love cats like me. Um, and I'll send them cat memes, and then like uh, Francesca said, I, I have I have like a handful of people, a very exclusive group. I send Twitter DMs, <laughs> um, so tweets that make me laugh. I try to pass those on. It's tough. I mean, I uh, I do I do some stuff with the Richmond Tenants Union, and so I'll shout them out too. You know, there are a lot of like tenants councils forming, and there are a lot of people who are just realizing like. There's there's not any help coming from the top, which is unfortunate, but it's just a reality. And so I, I'm so grateful for the people, like the mutual aid folks in Richmond, who are who are doing that and like plying folks with like groceries and supplies and grants and that kind of thing, and just doing it in this very like this very accessible way where there's no like means testing or anything, and it's just like if if you have a need, like we have to support each other, right? To so seeing that, God, I mean. A lot of those folks were doing that stuff before, but seeing people really come together and organize has been incredible. And it gives me a lot of hope for, for what we're capable of.
3: Yeah. And I've yeah. also seen, um, I know the, I'm not sure if it's Holly or Holly. I think it's Holly, the Holly fund for restaurant workers. They've just been doing so much stuff obviously for right now. And um, I know that we are putting together at least one kind of benefit show for them that um, actually our friend um, Ben Brayman is putting together. He runs a show that's usually at Fallout. It's a show where everyone reads like kind of erotic literature um usually found from the internet like fan fiction things and people read like all this kind of smutty things but we're going to that's put just on a, fantastic. it is amazing it is a trip um because mostly because i'm very easily embarrassed by stuff like that so me even trying to read any of these things is <laughs> is, is hor- like horrific um <laughs> but they, that's going on june 6 at like 7 p.m and it'll be like a zoom show so we're gonna do that and donate all of the money like um i think we're just posting links directly to their fund so people can just if they want to you know pitch in, you know, 5 or 6 bucks like you would at an, a regular show. That is something that I'm really excited to do. Um and so and people really anyone like people are really really interested in doing it. So many people just kind of stepped up for it immediately. I think there's like 20 something people that want to be a part of it. So it's going to be really cool.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
3: That it's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for shouting that out too. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. It gives That's folks called, something to look forward to. Yeah. You know? Bibliophilia is what it's called. And I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure what I'm reading yet, but I'm trying to find something like maybe like computer like or robot related because of our times. But like there's, it's almost, it's not like you can't find anything. It's almost like you find too much of this. There's like, <laughs> there's so much out because they, because I didn't know anything about this and they were like, oh, just you go, go here and look. It? Yeah. Just, just. Just, like, go here. All these people write all this. And I was just like, why is there so much? There's so much of it. Of it's any- rule 34. It's rule there 34. Is, if you yeah, think there's just it every-
1: on the internet, there's porn of it.
3: And there's porn of it. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I also didn't know people were just reading that. I was like, well, I guess they're at least they're reading. <laughs>
1: I mean, hey. <laughs> I wanted to ask, because I have found that writing political comedy for like when I do open source, the quick and dirty on open source, it's actually really therapeutic for me. It helps me work through my feelings towards our local government. A lot of us have a lot of time now these days (laughs) and might be looking for an outlet. Can you talk a little bit about your process or how you would recommend for folks maybe to get into starting to write comedy or getting into um, improv and stand up?
2: Yeah, I um well gosh. I mean I think the way we we both got into it, it sounds like we're through classes and that's <laughs> something that's probably not gonna happen for a little while. But um I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess a lot of people say, you know, just just write and just put stuff down. And I know for stand ups like the open mic as a, a staging proving ground is really important. So I don't look I don't know when that's gonna happen again, but I'm kind of a fan of just like writing, 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 and then editing. And yeah, I mean, certainly like, I think a lot of people do turn to comedy as, as it has some therapeutic benefits and it's not therapy per se. But right now I know, you know, that could be an important output for folks. So I'd say if you're if you're feeling it start doing it start working on some stuff maybe find I don't know that um that there are like seasoned stand-ups that I can't speak for them but that want to hear from a newbie right now <laughs> 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 if they're, with their uh you know
3: uh, hot
2: hot five or whatever but um that's what it's called right <laughs> Yeah, a,
3: t- a tight five. Although I feel like a, it could be a hot five. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a, yeah. I feel like that's valid. It's,
2: when I do it, it's a hot it's five. It's a hot
3: five. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's important maybe just to not even worry about, while you're writing, don't worry about, oh, this, is, this has to be funny. Just write down ideas that you have just write down your ideas. Maybe do, even if you don't have very much time, do like 10 things. This is one of my um, friends, like this is probably not exactly how she used to talk about doing it. Um, We both have a really great friend, Ellie Zarling, who's an amazing improviser and comic and does like everything. She is the best. Yeah. She was always like, just write down like 10 things that happened to you and then like see what is, what your emotional perspective is on there start from there also a really good friend told me once which I think is like advice from probably some book or something else that once you start maybe writing jokes if you're like kind of into that oh I'm gonna write jokes instead of versus telling like a story then like write your whole joke out like longhand and then if you are going like more than three lines before you get to the punchline see what you can like cut out to get to that punchline faster at least while you're when you're starting it out to kind of in the rhythm of jokes of course that's not going to work for every single person but just to maybe try and see what other like and get into like maybe a conventional joke structure is a useful exercise I think like just just try it out of course there are people that like break those rules and become very very successful or people that do more story stuff but I think it's maybe better to like try and pick apart what you like about comedy and the way that these um, jokes work first and then like maybe go from there yeah at least that's how I approach things, because I think I'm a more... I don't know. I'm not like a... There are people that are just, are just funny, and they just can go all day, and they don't even, like, think about things like joke structures, and they just they just go. They're, like, comedy savants. I am not that. I, like... <laughs> Sit, I like to sit, you know, there and like really think about it, take it apart then try it again, try it a different way. And then like work it down on stage maybe, um, because I realize if I, I love to write down every single thing, but if I just write down every single thing and just recite it, it's going to sound bad. Like it's not going to be funny.
2: <laughs> I like what you said too about like when you find something like it's, it's like a personal thing for you like find things you're really like, you have strong opinions on and like, you know, write those, tease those apart, because, you know, there are a lot of sort of like broad perspectives, where just like, oh, we all hate work, well, like, why do you hate work, right, you know, like, <laughs> what like what's unique about your hatred of your job, you know, like, make it, make it, if it's, the more personal, the more detail there is, the funnier it is, and I mean, you know, yeah, you can do you can do a lot of detail and still keep things brief and get to that punch, but, um, you know, if it's, if it's something I've heard a million times before, it's not going to be as funny as if it's from, like, your unique perspective, so I think that's really important, too, and I know, like, this is such a great time for, you know, there's so many bad things going on, but there, there are a lot of comedians who are putting out really great content right now, who were doing it before some people who were doing like instagram live before but are, are now you know super accessible and i love do you like meg stalter francesca have you heard of her I'm i don't like know a, if i I'm, know her yeah i'm obsessed with meg stalter uh she's she's up in new york and she does like a lot of character bits and comedy and she has a podcast called confronting demons it's really funny where she brings on like a comedian friend who's wronged her in like air quotes <laughs> That sounds great. It's awesome. And so like stuff like that, like reason I love her is like, she's so bizarre and like just does whatever and like doesn't care what anybody thinks. This is my like, this is my like, you know, speculating about how she feels about her. (laughs) own But like, I think that's important too. Like, I think a lot of times when people, people like want to be funny, like Francesca said, like you like are really trying and you're like, that's your main objective. Like sometimes something gets lost there. And so it's like, you know, be yourself. And like, maybe nobody's going to laugh, but like, maybe they will. And like, keep at it. And it's like, it's your own thing and you're unique
3: yeah because i figure if you want to do this probably because someone has already told you yeah hey, you're really funny at some point you're probably already funny so like a lot of it seems like you need to just like get out of your own way a lot <laughs> with that and um and also like if there are comedians that are like more seasoned that you're around just like listening to them more than you're maybe talking and trying to, to learn and see what is going on that's super super helpful especially when you're newer I think oh that's cool I'll have to look up the person that Amber just mentioned because I I don't know I don't really do character work because <laughs> I feel like I'm just myself all the time that's why I also don't do any acting <laughs> um because it would you're be very a, like, authentic I've tried I've tried it's a disaster every time it's just like <laughs> it's just like if a, if it was like me playing a police officer it would just be me in a police officer outfit being like hello it's me I'm a police officer like it's bad but I love people who are doing character work. Like I think that's so cool. I'm so like envious of it. I think that it's it's a great time right now to maybe try and make up some characters. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you can do those all day on Zoom for your yeah. friends. It's a and good time. It's look, a good right. time to start a podcast. <laughs> Let's not pretend we're not all talking to
2: ourselves all the time. So. Yeah. Right. You know, different voices. <laughs> Next time you have that internal dialogue externally you know, use a silly voice. And- yeah. Try and see
3: what's, what's going on. I don't, I don't know how, I can't figure, I can never wrap my head around that. It's like me, of how people make these characters, but I'm like, do it. Maybe that's how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I well, will start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By talking
2: to plants, because, uh, that's what i think about this. I, I can't believe all these people are like, I'm talking to my plants now. And I'm like, I've been talking to my plants for years. For how long? Like, I know, as long as I've been alive. Yeah, I've been Perhaps talking
3: to plants a lot talk. Maybe this talk. is why I don't have any characters. It would never occur to me to talk to, like, if no one is over here at this house, it is silent. Like, I don't <laughs> talk to the dog. Like, what are you talking about? You guys are talking to your plants? I feel what? like I have
1: a constant stream of conversation going, whether anybody's mm. here or not.
3: What? <laughs> what?
1: I've got dogs, <laughs> I've got plants. If I've got a thought, I've got to work it out that loud. The plants can't yeah.
3: hear y'all. Like, I'm really, like, alarmed by how this. Like,
2: how wh- do you know? They how don't do you- have
3: they- ears. That's how I know. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> like, they, 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 they are you. a plant. They feel the sound waves, Francesca.
2: They do. But I then, like, I-
3: wouldn't it be more effective just to turn a fan on to them? Those are waves, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, what? That's a cold sort of noise. <laughs> like, what? I don't I mean, know. I'm looking at not- my plants right now, like do i need to i'm good at. i would also like to before i know this is being recorded i'd like to, for the record i'm at my plants are flourishing and they've never been talked to before so i don't know about that <laughs> what i mean they may have fragile
1: psyches and you just don't know all you're seeing is the outside that's right <laughs> well yeah, plants
3: aren't the plants don't have psyches outside. either <laughs> This is, this is the we've illustrated the difference now between stand-up and improv <laughs> improvisers
2: are always talking to their plants
3: and, and and stand-up comedians are always saying no no <laughs> this I is not, not a thing not. we're doing yeah. <laughs> stop i don't
2: care if there's a the public different levels practice. of sanity <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe so.
3: just an out no i mean we're, the, the we're, we're very earnest yeah and stand-up <laughs> comedians on the whole are very negative because <laughs> something happened to us that made us not made us want to be the center of attention but not want to do it with anyone else <laughs> that is the truth <laughs> no do
1: you guys have any corona recommendations for folks to entertain
3: themselves i re- i recommend okay you have potatoes Probably yeah. some of them are starting to go bad at this point, right? They're sprouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get a bucket. Fill it with soil. Put the potato in there. Cover it with the soil. Grow a potato. <laughs> Grow, potato. It. <laughs> Grow a potato. Don't talk
1: to the potato. I'm doing that. I probably have talked to the potato as I was
3: planning it, but I do actually have a tub out back full of potatoes. There's only so much right. Netflix you can watch. I'm. This potato is... true giving me my, all of my life <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i don't know uh uh maybe check out you check out our podcast um, right You <laughs> love that i don't know check out meg stalter i'm trying to think of other people i love oh um, i
3: mean like there's so many good local people that we can hide yeah, could hype. yeah like yeah you've um, got the
1: platform to do it go for it
3: yeah Am- amber's podcast co host winston hodges is a monster in comedy. He tours all up and down. <laughs> and he really real- is. He tours, and in real life, no. He's the <laughs> nicest guy. <laughs> he tours, like, all up and down the East Coast. Like, comedy is his main thing. He does a show called Taking It Weekly, which is, like, a Instagram and YouTube show, right? And he yeah, it's having like a
2: Wednesday night thing.
3: Sorry. Yeah. He has, like, a bunch of local people. Not only is he doing it as a show, a bunch of local people are writing jokes for it. It's, like, a real show that he's put together all himself it's really cool um of course dead dad comedy podcast Mm -hmm. not gonna lie that's a little it's funny you might cry (laughs) um it's really good every time i listen to it i cry and also laugh um so if you need that if you need that catharsis that's good um we already talked about you're making me hungry which i recommend going back and listening to some of the old episodes because all we do is talk about like restaurants and things we like to eat so it's a very like nostalgic now because everything's closed I'm trying to think of what other new kind of local people um, there's ellie
2: zarling is doing um if you follow i think i think she's at at zarling maybe I think um so. you can look her up she's been doing her one woman show on instagram some i think so that's another one that's great to follow um if you want to see some local talent trying to look her up real
3: quick yeah i think yeah it is at zarling with with a z um but yeah the i think also her facebook page is wisconsin laugh trip um so yeah so yeah just like like her on facebook um yeah that that thing is cool our friend mike engel just came out with like a um mike and i um host a monthly comedy showcase show over at sticky rice also yeah hit up yeah definitely support anything that is not really kind of suffering because of the coronavirus um sticky rice is like one of my fave places mike engel just released like a. like a comedy album Super and it's fun. available anywhere you can get like co- like spotify Bandcamp, all in um itunes and it's called personal pizza it's really really it's really really funny um pizza so
2: material.
3: yeah so he is the pizza comic of of richmond so <laughs> he's our pizza he's our pizza king um yeah. <laughs> Funny and delicious yeah he's amazing um so yeah hit up these local people because it's really great i mean there's really great like stuff on netflix right now but also like why not get start local
1: yeah agreed ladies thank you so much for joining thank me you. and before we take it out let everybody know how they can get in touch with you on social media
2: okay um uh, i'm at amberjack 86 on instagram um We're at Hearst Girls uh, and then also at Dead Dad Comedy Pod.
3: So I'm at Francesca Lynn on pretty much everything. So I'm at Francesca Lynn, which is F-R-A-N-C-E-S-C-A-L-Y-N on Twitter. And I'm also that on Instagram. Um, I have to say though, on Instagram there's not like anything funny on there, really. Like it's <laughs> it's mostly like pictures of my dog or Aaron. things I've eaten or like a plant. Like um not being um, talked to. It's not not being ta- <laughs> I'm not talking to any of them. Um totally contemplate. But- <laughs> But I also started a YouTube channel recently, but that is, um, and you can find it by sur- just searching Professor Lin. And so some of the stuff on there is educational, but some of it's just funny. Um, oh. So like, I'm trying to put more things that are just funny, but it's not like I'm doing skits or sketches or anything. It's just like things I think are funny. So I don't know. Like there was one of me opening like a package and it just has a whole bunch of bread in it because my, my friend <laughs> mailed me like... <laughs> like a huge box that was full of rolls and bread because she is a manager at a bakery that I love. But like my reaction, I I knew my reaction would be ridiculous because the, the box was so huge. It's not me like trying to be funny, but then I like I recorded it and I watched it. And I was like, I'm going to put this. I meant to just send it to her, but I was like, I'm just going to put this on YouTube. <laughs>
1: because it's a perfect
3: Richmond gift, though, because
1: anytime Richmonders go through a time of crisis,
3: we need bread. Yeah. Like, yeah, we inexplicably
1: buy all the bread and milk.
3: So, <laughs> this. But, like I, like, I had to turn the video off because I started to cry because it was so much bread oh, and I was oh. so happy about it. <laughs> 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 I just, like, it's so, like, a lot of bread. Like, I have to share it with people now. At this the point. carbohydrate fantasy. I just, yeah, I, like, I, I took do. a nap last night and then woke up and ate more bread and I was like, I'm gonna make myself sick. Yeah. I, it's really you good women it yeah it's really great i just i love all the bread <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thanks yeah. y'all so much thank you i yeah, uh, really
1: you. appreciate y'all talking with um me today sorry Fran couldn't be here for it but right. we made it we got through it we Did it. this is yeah. awesome
2: yeah, yeah thank you thanks for the opportunity
1: this is so oh fun absolutely actually. yeah if you want to do it again. Let me know. We can do it again, absolutely. And sure. hopefully, maybe we can all when all this over meet up for some meet in Hopewell.
3: Oh my yeah. gosh, that would be awesome! And yeah. I'll see you in 2021. In <laughs> a- yep. Oh. <laughs> in Hopewell. In <it's> 2021. <laughs> so Until then, you know, maybe we can
1: meet. You know, 20 feet away in hazmat suits. Well, thanks, ladies. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Everyone. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And also, Happy Mother's Day to you because being a dog mom is also um, <laughs> very important. I, re- I reject that label. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm not, I'm not his mom. mother. <laughs> She's like, I am not that person. I'm not his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cat mom, so. Aw. <laughs> a great way to end it. Thank y'all.
1: Bye. Thank <laughs> you. Bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in for another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on WRIRLP, 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio. If you want to continue this conversation or start another, hit us up across all social media at RVA Dirt. And I'm not Fran, but I'm going to try to do her outro. Cut me a little slack. As always, Flint still has dirty water, and so does New Jersey. RPS is funded, but they're out of school. And next year is really uncertain, so... Stay tuned for that. And Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we're working on it. Talk to you next week. We
2: love to laugh.
1: laugh, Loud and long and clear. We love
2: to
3: laugh.
2: So everybody can
3: hear.
2: The more you laugh. Whoops, don't you two start? Come back down here. <laughs> the more the <they're> glee, <laughs> the more we're a merrier. <laughs> oh,
0: <no. laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, <no>. Children, we'll give it. Make yourselves comfortable.